Hello and welcome to My Little Family, the show where we, Michelle and Isaac, share principles, values, tips, and tricks on how to build and maintain a long-lasting relationship full of romance, fun, and happiness. We've been married for 24 years and have built a community of like-minded individuals who are excited to connect with you. If you're seeking to develop a fulfilling and lasting relationship, we invite you to join us on this journey. In this series, we're exploring the concept of love is this, not that. Today's episode, selfishness versus selflessness in a relationship. Love is selfless, not selfish. So join us as we uncover the secrets to cultivating a mutually giving relationship. Let's do it. <laughs> so uh, what are we starting here with, Isaac? You got something funny to so, say. So yeah, we, we like to start with a joke, just uh, kind of uh, lighten things up. So I'll start with my uh, dad joke of the day. And let's it hear is, it. Let's uh, hear it. I'm so excited. Uh, what does a selfish cow say? What? Me. <laughs> Oh God! I swear, one of these days, I you know, to, to be honest with everybody, I absolutely hate uh, dad jokes. Um, uh, but um, hey, I'm uh, enduring them uh, right along with everybody because we want to make this. No, no, it's also because we, we, Isaac wants to start with something funny, and if you guys knew how many jokes I cross off of the script because they're too <clears throat> raunchy i guess yeah i'm like no isaac you can't say that no but hey but i have a, I have a good joke but listen i want my sound effect okay at the end of my joke there's got to be a sound effect you got it sure thing okay his fingers ready okay listen here's the question what did the selfish prickly plant say to the others i don't know what it's cacti not cact us Where's my sound effect? Oh. No! <laughs> hold on, hold on. What is it? Let me do it again. What did the selfish prickly plant say to the others? Pretend you didn't know. I don't know. Oh, it's cact I, not cact us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm here all week. All right. Yeah. You, you guys know where to find me. Okay. So, um, uh, <laughs> Awesome. So today we're going to be talking, of course, about um, love is selfless and it is not selfish. I think, you know, this one's a little bit more uh, challenging to discuss because there's a lot of kind of uh, philosophical concepts that we have to kind of address yeah. as we talk about love, love being selfless less mm -hmm. and you know what is selfless and what is selfishness i think we have kind of in, in in society we have like hey that's selfishness but when you start to actually describe hey is it selfishness or is he just taking care of them yeah. himself or is she taking care of himself and that should be okay and it, it just you know yeah and there's it much can be more, a hard to define thing yeah now that we've had such a focus i think ever since covid much more than before on mental health and the self-care and looking mm -hmm. into and so, a good focus i would say a very yeah. important uh pivot in society where we're, we're noticing these things so as isaac and i were talking about this topic we want to make sure like for me my big deal is keep it balanced we don't want to go off the deep end on either side right yeah. So we're going to dive into that. So don't worry. We're not going to go on to an extreme, but we do want to discuss what is a healthy balance. So uh, the American Psychology Association, or APA, um, uh, their dictionary def definition of selfishness is listed as the tendency to act excessively 
or solely in a manner that benefits oneself, even if others are disadvantaged. So I like that it's using these kind of more extreme words yeah. of excessively or solely. Uh -huh. and, 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 and the reason why I like that is because, I mean, overall being human, you know, we're social creatures, yeah. right? And so um, as we are social creatures, that's naturally, we're symbiotic in nature as well. You know, we have tons of little bacteria and creatures living inside our bodies, even though that might creep people out, but it's true. So hold on, this, the word symbiotic here, for, for those non-nerds of us, I had to ask you before when we were writing about this, I'm like, what is symbiotic? Because, I mean, it's not a word I typically use. So and you talked about bacteria and creatures living inside. Can you just talk about so symbiotic? So a symbiotic is, is, or a symbiote is basically a biological um, uh, creature that has a dependency on another creature. So, for example, okay. um, um, uh, that where the creature basically is not truly independent without yeah. these other creatures. They depend on each other to survive. There are actually several examples of this in uh, um, animals and uh, yeah, insects like, and uh, so on and so forth. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, I, I won't, I won't get into the whole nat got National it, Geographic aspect of uh, describing what animals they are and which ones have this one. Yeah, I'm thinking like ecosystems mm -hmm. and just uh, systems of different creatures living together. And so that's what you mean by symbiotic. We are mm -hmm. communal. We interact. We're, we're Yeah, like for example, the hermit crab. The hermit crab can't uh, doesn't actually produce a shell for itself. It has to go find mm. an emptied shellfish or something to carry along a shellfish, a shellfish, a selfish uh, shellfish. shell. Uh, <laughs> gosh, here we go. Um, uh, so, anyways, that's a, an example yeah, of a symbiote. Yeah, okay. But I would argue that to a degree, especially <laughs> humans are. You know, we have actually bacteria living inside us that do all our digestion and things yes. of this nature. And without this bacteria, we would die. Okay. And uh, they're a part of our our life. Um, but in addition to to that, we are symbiotic in nature in the sense that humans develop tribal um, uh, relationships and they are highly dependent on these tribal type relationships yeah. wherever we are. The, the old saying I would say is, is, is absolutely wrong that, you know, oh, I, I pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I'm an independent person or something like that. Mm, everybody depends on everybody. There really is no man that is an island. You depend on somebody to make food. You know, yeah. unless if you're literally hunting and gathering all by yourself, which how long is that going to last? Uh -huh. Which never lasts very long. Yeah. And even these super extreme people, it's like there's a show that, that that puts people alone in, like, you know, the wilderness and they have to survive for a long they time. They go insane. It's like almost all of them go insane. Yeah. They don't ever last. So it's like, you know, the whole concept, it's a myth. You know, that, yeah. that, that you can live by yourself. Uh, it's a myth. Yeah. Isolation has um, been used as torture. I'm not I'm not saying in the sense that it's impossible. It's just, you know, come on. There's It's less than 1%. That... So so this all of this to say that we're, being, we're, we're social beings at we're the core. We're social beings at the core. Yeah. And um, as we are social beings at the core, this concept of selfishness is when somebody living in a social situation uh -huh. chooses themselves predominantly in their mm -hmm. choices okay. right um doesn't really you know consider others doesn't really consider other people's choices but i think there's a we got to be a little bit careful there because inevitably when there's two human beings living together you know it's like hey we got to go 
to the bathroom. There's one bathroom. There's two people needing to go to the bathroom. We could immediately say the first person that goes to the bathroom is selfish. And that would be unfair, right? That that would be an unfair uh, situation to to claim selfishness in that situation because what are you going to do? You know, one of us has to go and somebody just went first. Yeah. So is that really selfishness because you chose yourself? If that was the situation where your entire life, you never let them go first. Stop. Okay. Yes. Very specific bathroom example here. I'm just. I'm. I'm. <laughs> I'm trying to show the illustration of yeah. that. You know, there. You, as you live your life, there's going to be points where you are just mm-hmm. being a regular human being. It's not being selfish. Yeah. And it's just. It could have been the wrong timing. Yeah. But uh, um, there are points where you are being selfish. So we want to stick to kind of the American psychology uh, definition, where it basically says. The tendency to excessively or solely um, uh, um, uh, seek your own benefit, especially at the disadvantage of others. The the word excessive here can be really interpretive, though. I I guess so, yeah. it's, It's important, I think, that you find what is your normal as a couple. Yeah, very true. And that's not going to happen by creating assumptions or judgments or hoping that someone reads your mind. Um, I know a lot of times for me, I say, you tell me, just tell me, just tell me what you're thinking, tell me what you're feeling. And sometimes I don't know because I I wonder if it's just me. I hope it's not. But as a, a female, I feel like I gravitate towards emotions and they don't necessarily come with descriptions. And so it's hard for me to communicate. And so there's a, a pre-step to communication, I think, which is identify. How do you feel? Why do you feel that way? Once you identify, communicate it, right? But do stop mm. and notice, hey, what am I feeling? Where's this coming from? Let me cool down. Let's just be objective and then communicate, right? But yeah, all this to say that let's find every couple is going to have their normal about what is excessive and what is not excessive. Some things are going to be fine for some people. Some things are not going to be fine for others. And all of this has to do with compromising. And it begins with clarity in understanding yourself, understanding your partner, and communicating that. That is a very powerful um, little observation you made right there. I, I like that. Um, I am reminded of something that we've spoken a lot about at work and in the coaching kind of community. And I apologize for I've gone blank with the actual terms uh-huh. um, of what this is called, but we we have our we call it our first brain and our second brain, oh, right? Yeah. And this actually has to do with the auto responses from yes. our first brain, um, uh, you know, fight or flight tendencies and things of this nature. We will usually have, and this has been you know proven uh, in many different studies, uh, humans will usually have a an immediate reaction to something. So uh, somebody can say, for example. <laughs> Oh, um, uh, I'll eat anything. I'll eat any food out there. No, just, you know, whatever it is. But you put hamburgers out there and they immediately have the desire for the hamburger and you put salad out there and even, and, and they don't immediately have the desire for the salad. And that doesn't mean they're a fatty Uh (laughs) or something like that. It doesn't at all. They have programmed themselves successfully to choose salads over hamburgers, and they've probably done it very balanced throughout their entire life. Yeah. But what they can't do is they can't change 
that first instinctual nature of, of who they are, right? Yeah. And we call that the first brain, right? Okay. And so like, uh, or, uh, and then the second brain is where you're actually thinking about your thinking, right? Where you're yeah. slowing down your thinking. And like what you said, right? You're, you're an emotional person. Yeah. So your immediate reaction, well, I would argue that's the way you're describing it, which is very probably true to yourself, uh -huh. but I would say we're all kind of like that. It's yeah. just different, right? Um, uh, maybe um, a guy or, or you know, females may feel sometimes like that. There are definitely men that feel uh -huh. very emotional as well. And there's yes. also um, uh, uh, maybe the other side, you know, they say, oh, well, I base myself on logic. And the real answer is, mm, do you really? Yeah. Or do you base yourself on systematic assumptions you've made over and you call that logic because when you're thinking with your second brain you question everything and you'll usually start to realize that even some of the things that you called logic are not really logic mm -hmm. they're assumptions or they're yeah. judgments right but what is natural is that when you're having um a strong emotion that part of your brain reacts first yes you've got to train yourself to identify that mm-hmm and then use what you're calling a second brain, which is more like the higher order thinking, like the more complicated parts of, of your thinking process to be able to break it down, analyze it, and do what you need to do to make things right. So yeah, I know we're talking about second brains for like, well, we're we talking about selfishness. Yeah. And this is actually 100% related because this is how we would suggest you address selfish situations is by don't immediately just say, oh, this is selfish or this is not selfish. Yeah. Go into your second brain and question yourself. Yes. yes. And, and be intentional about questioning yourself. So um, uh, we just getting back into the parameters and describing the whole concept of, of love is this or selfishness versus selflessness and uh, trying to understand some of these things. You know, we, we talk about social connections and how those social connections are, are basically a negotiation between our needs and the needs of others. Um, uh, so... Our expectations should not be what they do for us, um, but what we can do for them. Ideally, they should also be thinking the same thing. This was actually a quote from one of our um, uh, friends uh, uh, on, on, the, on the concept of being selfish, that we should basically, to combat this, we shouldn't really have expectations of what people should be doing for us or what our partner should be doing for us. Yeah. Or we should at least do our best to yeah. dumb those down or to, you know, not, not hold those in judgment, right? Mm -hmm. Whether or not you're fulfilling them, et cetera. Instead, really focus on how we're meeting some, our partner's needs. Right. Yeah. I think if you commit it to a relationship and if you haven't thought about it yet, let me break it to you. You are committing to thinking as a unit. Mm -hmm. If you've decided to enter a relationship, a committed relationship, you can't be thinking just about your outcomes and your needs. You've got to be thinking as a unit. Absolutely. And this makes me think, and maybe stop me, Isaac, if it's the wrong time to talk about it, but I hear a lot, um, we are so fortunate that we got married so long ago because we don't have to deal with the dramas that are going on people trying to find a partner right now oh to, yes and Today it feels, I, I feel like I, I don't know how i would do it i it's just it's become a lot i, I believe a lot more selfish i feel oh, extremely um, selfish it, but but it's become so 
extremely selfish in its evolution of how it happens yeah. that one that comes into this, you know, somebody starting out trying to find a partner today mm-hmm. is almost at a loss because anything they almost try, it's like the whole universe, the whole world, at least in the Western culture yeah. is, is going towards this super selfish. Well, method. and what I wanted to get at is what I hear a lot in these, you know, cause we watch you know, reality TV and stuff and, um, it's, what? <laughs> it's, Fun. And that's how we base all of our decisions that and our intelligence. That is where it all comes from. No, but also no. we do we do um, talk to a lot of people, and, and we, we also do... research and we do a lot of uh, of studies and mm-hmm. read books and things of that nature. Let's not. No, yes, but what I wanted to say our... is the mainstream thing that I hear. Okay, uh-huh. the mainstream thing that I hear a lot is, well, I don't know, if this is the right person for me. I don't know if Um, this is the person who can fulfill my needs. I hear a lot of that. uh When I see mainstream, when I get online and listen to podcasts, when I get, you know, read articles, when I do all that, I hear a lot of that. And it's good to think about yourself. But do you do the same in turn? Do you follow the golden rule? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Am I the main person for them? Am I the right person? You know, do you ever turn around and think about that way too? Because this is somebody else's life we're meddling with. So mm-hmm. when we're talking about, you're talking about, don't think about what you can do for yourself, but think for the, for them. And I can't stop being reminded of John F. Kennedy. And I know, it really is true though. I mean, he said it for a different reason, yeah. but it is so true. Thinking about it as a unit. So yeah, if you're going to commit to a relationship, understand that. You're, yeah. you're committing to thinking differently. You have to change from being all introspective and all about you to thinking we. It's just that's if you want to be successful in a relationship, that's what it's going to take because there's another person. Yeah. And, and uh, that, that's very powerful. So um, going through looking at selfishness mm-hmm. uh, and, and thank you for that. And I bring this kind of towards, uh, again, defining, self, defining selfishness and understanding it, right? Right. Um, uh, Selfishness is is sometimes misunderstood. We have basically um, two ways that selfishness can kind of manifest itself, right? Yeah. Um, let's call one pure selfishness, right? And in this category, this is people that actually know that what they're doing is selfish, uh-huh. right? I know that there's only 15 pieces of candy and there's... Um, uh, and we should potentially share it equally, but instead of uh, sharing it, you know, because fifteen can't be divided equally. If you didn't think about that, fifteen, <laughs> um, 15 it's either eight and seven. Um, uh, um, they actually are going. No, screw that. I'm grabbing ten of them. You know, I'm grabbing ten of them, and you're getting five. Right. right. Um, that's somebody that's willingly or cognizantly selfish. And then we have the super self-centered person. I would say that a lot of people more so follow or fall into the category of the self-centered person. Yeah. And uh, um, let's call, you know, narcissists are probably very much the selfish. They are aware that what they're doing is wrong. They are aware that their manipulation, they're, you know, conceptual about Mm. these things. But more of the self-centered person 
is a person that may not necessarily be aware of it. They're so preoccupied with herself. Oh, how does my Tinder profile look? And oh, I'm going to swipe right on all these people because, you know, oh, they I didn't like the way their teeth looked. or I didn't like the way their eyebrows uh, were manicured <laughs> or, or all sorts of other stuff. Reducing people. And then you say, but I'm not a selfish person. You just swipe right on eyebrows. Yeah. You are a selfish person or a self-centered person. person. And, um, and that's the the concept, right? So the problem is people say, well, I'm a self-centered person, not a selfish person. So I'm not that bad. The reality is they, they both hurt the same. Yeah. And they, I think, they both hurt the same. And I think about, cause I specialize in childhood development and I think about when a, when a child is born, mm-hmm. they're self-centered. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's the, all their ability. It's not a, mal- it's not a malicious thing. There's, mm-hmm. they're just self-centered. It's a survival thing that they do. And as they grow, they learn to take in peers and everything, but they're still self-centered. And you hope that as they mature, they let go of some of that self-centeredness and think more communally. And I think that being self-centered, um, sometimes could be a sign of many things, right? But mm-hmm. amongst them is, a lack of maturity to be able to have that perspective and point of view to be considerate and, and, and think more openly that to to realize that it's, there's, it's just more, it's not all about you. There's, there's more out there. And of course I I do want to tackle, um, self-centeredness could be a condition, right? Yeah, it we, could be uh, uh, or many things, but we do. Our have daughter, a child, yeah. our daughter uh, has uh, special needs, and we won't get into her entire diagnosis. It'll talk a, a long time, but let's just say she's a two-year-old toddler. I mean, sorry, she's a a. Uh, you trying to remember your signature yeah, I'm phrase? Yeah, trying to my signature phrase. <laughs> we call her the, t- the you invented the teenage a toddler. Teenage toddler. Well, and it's because of the autism. The teenage toddler. So, so uh, um, essentially, she's like a toddler, but she's, you know, 18 years old at this moment in time. Yeah. And so, um, uh, as a toddler, a toddler doesn't really consider too much about how much of a mess she's making for mom. A toddler doesn't consider how, um, uh, unhealthy, uh, their diet is and how much that's going to impact mom and dad in caring for him. Sleep deprivation. Does, doesn't and all those care things, about yeah. the sleep deprivation they give you. Doesn't care about. They're extremely self-centered. Now they're kind. Yeah. They give great hugs. Yeah. They are great to cuddle with, and but that they're self-centered in nature, and so uh, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about self-centered. But the pain is the same. Yeah. You know, uh, if somebody was torturing you uh, selfishly and macabrely, you know, you're caught in somebody's prison and they're waking you up at night all the time, <laughs> the effect is the same on your body. Yeah, the person <laughs> the, on the receiving end isn't really what, having the most fun. Most, yeah. So <laughs> the the point that we're trying to say is that regardless, the pain is the same. Yeah. So um, there the is offense, no... Though, the, the offense, though. The is different. The offense is different, but the pain is the same. Yeah. The offense is different, but the pain is the same. So, um, one of the um, one of the uh, our friends, um, uh, Brandon uh, Ferris, said had this to say when uh, observing society uh-huh. and uh, uh, discussing how you know t- the current dating situation is yeah. uh, with selfishness. He says, from society standpoint, everything revolves around the self or what we can get out of it. 
even vacations, a commercial comes to mind. You took a vacation to get away from your kids. Why would you go somewhere where they have kids there? So everything about your time, your joy, your experience is all about the self. And we forget that love is not actually about us. Yeah. Love is something poured out. We shouldn't expect anything back for it. It kind of cheapens love if I'm only doing this for something else. If I'm only doing, yeah, yeah. because it, it turns love into a, an exchange action, right. right? You know, and I don't want to, you know, uh, um, it, it, from a male standpoint, I don't want to marry a hooker, you know? Uh, yeah, that's a, a <laughs> wait, wait, I don't follow here. In the sense that th there's no there's no satisfaction in being in love with somebody that just gets what you want, right? Let's say if, if what you wanted oh. was sex, you oh. know, well, marry a hooker, right? Well, of course, that's not going to be in any way a relationship. a relationship, and there's no satisfaction in that, at least not in a deep um, cosmic purpose. Yeah, it's just a need driven. filler. It's just a need filler. Yeah. And people are treating the relationships like that because they are self-centered yes. in their focus or in their approach uh -huh. to the relationship, which is definitely a, um, going to be a, a relationship killer. There is another end to this uh, or another side to this coin also, though. I don't want us to just talk about only self-centeredness and self-seeking, uh, self selfishness, and not address the actual problem that is happening um, and that many will relate to, even if it comes and goes, of being so extremely selfless that then you neglect to take care of your own needs. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, that's where we were very careful at the very beginning to say, hey, we're not talking about not embracing self-care. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, one of the, the fallacies would be that you take care of everybody's needs uh -huh. and not your own, yeah. right? Yeah. And we see this in the sacrificing mother. We see this in the sacrificing father. I'm, right? I'm guilty of this. Like I'll start feeding everybody and cooking and everything and cleaning and I'll, and, and I'll be starving. Yeah. And, and so I'll be feeding everybody and always somebody, you know, we got, we have the kids. There's always something that needs to happen. Someone spilled something or I don't know. I just get busy and hungry. And then because I've been taking care of all these things, thinking, oh, I'm so selfless or it's just true. I mean, I'm not doing it on purpose. I just get caught up in putting myself last. And then what ends up happening is I end up barking at everybody. Mm -hmm. I end up unhappy, snapping. I end up resentful because I put myself in a position where I didn't fill my needs or even set the expectation to others that, Hey, I, I have a need here too. I should eat too. I yeah. need to sit down or I should not have to pick this up because that's not my mess. You know, all, all those kinds of things, um, can build resentment and, and I'm the one that kind of set myself up for that. All right. I can't tell you how many men that I've encountered over, um, just my life yeah. that have given everything for their families and ended up divorced even because they were just never there. They worked two to three jobs and were killing themselves yeah. in their minds for their families. And they just never thought, you know, enough. Oh, they need a new pair of jeans now. And mm -hmm. then their kids were such unappreciative jerks anyways. Cause it's like, oh, dad's not around. He doesn't care. So I'm just going to buy, I want some more jeans. And they treated like dad, like a piggy bank. And they didn't, they didn't honor him. They didn't 
it was worthless. Yeah. Their lives sometimes were just complete worthless givings yeah. of these parasitical type, you know, people. But then at the same time, I, I just have to say, whose fault is that? Yeah. You know, you didn't take care of yourself. There's a balance here. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, there's a degree when you are completely self-sacrificing, mm. right? Sa- sacrificing, it feels like, well, you're that self-sacrificing is somewhat selfish because to a degree you're giving everything away, but there's nothing you're getting to live with. And, and, and there's, you, there has to be a little bit aspect of where you take care of yourself yeah. so that, people appreciate who you are because that's part of it. It's, yeah. it's a relationship. It's, it's, I get some of you and you get some of me and we work together. If I'm completely giving everything, uh-huh. you don't get anything. Uh, you don't get to participate yeah. in that in- incredible part of you giving back. Yeah. So um, I come from a very generous family. Yeah. Right. Uh, we're, we're very, uh, uh, my, my family's just a very generous family, uh, very giving and, and loving and sacrificing. But, um, one of the things I realized when I started to become an adult is how difficult it was to give my parents gifts. Yeah. And, uh, I love them to pieces. It took a long time before my parents would accept my gifts. They kept on trying to like, I'd buy my mom a pair of shoes and then find, Somehow that she bought me something or pay one of my bills or something yeah, like that. Yeah, to pay and you I, back for it. And, and I was, things like that. And I get it. She loves me. and But it was so hard. And it I didn't enjoy that process uh-huh. because I wanted to experience the joy of mom feeling, oh, thank you for the shoes. This is so great. And, and that enjoyment yeah. to be able to give. And you can steal that from somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's may not feel like a selfish act, but it kind of is when we're so sacrificing or selfish yeah. that we don't we don't participate in that give and take situation. Yeah. And by the way, my parents, of course, we, we got through that and, and so on and so forth. They were the greatest parents on earth, so I hope that that didn't come off the <laughs> wrong way. No, I don't think it sounded like that. Um, so I think all in all, when we talk about self-centeredness, selfishness, um, balance is just key, mm-hmm. right? Too much of either one is going to be harmful. Absolutely. And I just think you need to find balance using communication, understanding, and compromise. You got to recognize your own individual needs, but you also have to recognize your partner's needs and also the needs for the relationship as a whole. When you guys mm. come together into a, a team, into a unit, um, it's going to be a give and take, right? So... Think about the relationship, think about your partner, think about you and how to make all those pieces work together. Yeah. And and more than anything, like always, you know, we wanna we want you to take action, yeah. right? Um, take some action. Um, be be proactive, um, not reactive. Understand that this is going to happen yeah. in your relationship, or it is happening, and do something about it. So mm-hmm. here's a couple of things that you can do. So the first is Create a list of the top 10 items your partner cares about the most. And then have your partner do the same. Share it with your partner. Yeah. Right? And then do your best to 
execute one or two items off of that list. Yeah. I think per the, week, per day, depending on, you know, what it is, right? It can, but, w- but once you share the list, maybe get some feedback to see if you were on the right track, understanding of your course, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you share the list, you, you listen without judgment, ask for clarifying questions to see your partner's perspective. What you want to do here is show that you are initiating the selfless act. Do mm-hmm. it together. And see your partner do the same, right? And 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 just don't be judgmental. Understand that um, you guys are still learning about each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is important. Isaac and I have been married 24 years. And we could say, oh, we know each other. But we don't because we we change. Yeah, so much. People keep changing. Our, our interests change. Our um, goals change. or Just everything changes. So we are constantly changing. We kind of keep Continuing to know the other. It's a continually moving target. It is. It is. It's a continually moving target and always adjusting to it. But it's a beautiful, beautiful dance. And um, yeah, I I couldn't, couldn't. It is the greatest feeling ever to be able to share your life with somebody like this. And I don't regret a single minute of it. But what Michelle said is is really powerful. You know, don't judge. I remember just one one anecdote. When we were younger, uh-huh. we did way too much of that. And we would come up with really brilliant ideas like this. Yeah. And we'd ruin it. And and the reason, here's an example. So, for example, I might say, hey, Michelle, for me, you know, having sexual intimacy is very important. And Michelle would be like, well, I would give you sexual intimacy if you gave me more affection. And I'd be like, I give you all the affection you need. You do. And we, and it just, Ugh. you saw how that happened. Right. Yeah. So, um, if you don't think about, don't judge, just imagine like you're talking to a complete random stranger that you've never interacted with in your life. And they yeah. said, Hey, sexual intimacy is important for me. And you're like, okay, on the list, yeah. not well, you know, uh-huh. conditional. Shave that beard, you know. Shave that beard first, <laughs> and then, or I don't know, right? Um, uh, stuff like that. Basically, don't judge, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, or be conditional with it. Mm-hmm. So now you got this list, right? We've heard each other. You said ten things. Then what next? So uh, then have that collaborative discussion and make sure that, you know, you edit accordingly of Mm -hmm. of like, okay, so that you understand kind of what it is. And then pick something from your partner's list or maybe a few depending on, because, you know, some of these are simple. It's like, you know, um, uh, um, I just, uh, I'm a physical touch guy. So just, you know, hugs, kisses, um, uh, pats on the back, um, acknowledgement that I'm in in the room Uh with a touching the hand. Whatever. Yeah. Simple things like that. And you understand them. That's easy to do. You can do like 15, 20 of those in a day. Right. (laughs) But, you know, some other things are a little harder, like, you know, gift giving or something like that. And so they they might take time. So plan accordingly. Right. Right. Set it up and try to do as many as possible based on what their list is. I think, though, picking one thing at a time could also be really beneficial for... Like myself, if I'm in a rut and have it, like I'm just going to be really clear. I mean, um, I'm going to open book with everybody. I have a problem with being critical, right? Mm-hmm. I'm continuously critical about things. And so why do you put it there? Why do you do that? And and I have to be constantly aware of my criticism. That's a hard area for me to change. Well, and, I, I and think... I, 
it, the only reason in some relationships it can work really well. Yeah. In ours, it doesn't just simply because I'm, I'm very, um, I guess, well, avert, like, averse to. Well, you to, just like to be treated with respect. Yes, I and guess we've just so. discussed that in the previous um, episode. But what I'm trying to say though is, uh-huh. it takes so much of my focus to be aware of that one habit change. Mm-hmm. That sometimes that's that's all I just focus on one to make an impact, a long lasting impact. I've got to take one thing at a time, depending what it is. Gotcha. Depending what it is. Mm. And so, um, yeah, pick something, work on it. You could do one thing or you could do several things. But guys, create shared experiences. Mm. Don't get so, so overly familiar with each other that you don't have that those shared experiences focus on bonding and creating memories together, doing something that you both enjoy mm-hmm. and plan it. I can't emphasize this enough. Um, it's so important to create new memories. Yeah. You're living life together and it's so easy to have kind of the, um, um, I, terminal velocity effect. Mm-hmm. And I, I just remember, I don't know who invented this or where I've heard it, but if you jump out of a plane, there's a, a period of time where you you go through your acceleration, right? Where the, yeah. that's where the physical you went from zero miles per hour to an acceleration to get to the what they call terminal velocity, which is the actual speed of falling. Yeah. Okay. Once you reach the actual speed of falling, you stop feeling like you're falling. Yeah. And now you just feel like winds blowing on your face and uh, all those other sensations, uh-huh. right? Of what it feels like cutting through the atmosphere, but that that immediate inertia of the feeling of falling goes away. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're not falling. Yeah. It doesn't mean that things haven't changed. And so my point is that relationships can be like that. You yes. go through this euphoria as everything's new. It's the first time I'm falling in love or second or third. I don't know, but it's new. And you're falling in love, and all of these things feel so amazing. Uh-huh. And you're willing to tolerate crap that you shouldn't tolerate, and you're willing to, <laughs> you know, all sorts of stuff, right? Yeah. But then, as things kind of move along, you need to create new experiences. It's true. Create memories, go places, read books together, find things that are interesting to each other, make a podcast together. Yeah, make a podcast <laughs> together. I don't know. Uh, do something together, find things to do, and constantly be investing in each other. Yeah. That's how you avoid some of those pitfalls of just getting stuck. Well, and you know, your your partner and yourself are making memories anyway. Who are you making them with? Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, those are, that's um, uh, some of the really great uh, things that we wanted to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And so we just want to kind of remind you as we're closing out today that... Love is this, not that. So love is selfless, not selfish. selfish. So take time. Uh, We'd love to hear back from you. Don't forget that we have our Facebook, which is uh, My uh, My Little Family, and our Instagram, sorry, My Little Family. You can find us there. You can send uh, comments. You can talk to us. You can share different things with us as you're listening to this podcast and we're growing. Thank you so much for being here and for staying all the way to the end. Yeah, leave us a comment. Give us a rating. Thank you so much for sticking around. Bye.